0: Hey everybody, welcome to Listed Money Matters. Uncle Sam built a pyramid, don't get stuck on the bottom. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm excellent, Matt. Yeah. And uh, Laura whipped me up a cranberry and vodka. So mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. a thing. Well, I, I'm drinking red wine, so... Well, I should give you a nasty <laughs> <Yeah>. face too. <laughs> I'm
1: should. judging you so hard right <laughs> you now. should.
0: Uh, We are going to talk today about house flipping, which I know is a subject that people want to know about. I know my parents are interested in the topic, so before we get into it, because we have a guest today, uh, if you guys have any questions about personal finance, you know who to email listedmoneymatters at gmail.com, and we also want your submissions for catchphrases that we say at the beginning of the show. Today's catchphrase, Uncle Sam built a pyramid, don't get stuck on the bottom. That was by our good friend Daniel Merrill of At The Duke Daniel. And you can send those via Twitter. It's at Money Matters Man is our Twitter handle. So uh, that's what I have to say. And let's get into the real topic. House flipping. Today we have Justin Williams. He runs a website called HouseFlippingHQ.com. He also has a podcast. I'm also staring at him right now, and he's got one of those <laughs> cool little boxes that go on a microphone that, that <laughs> lets let you know that he's part of House Flipping HQ. Justin, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great, guys. How you doing?
0: Good. You know, uh, we told you before we got on the podcast, um, Andrew and I are skeptics in this whole House Flipping idea thing. I know people who do it, but I'm still skeptical, and I know my parents are interested in the topic, and... I want to start off by asking: Is this something that makes money? Simple. No. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, skeptics win. <laughs>
2: Good job, guys. You yeah. won. No. Um, yeah. Yes, you can absolutely. And if I were to only watch, you know, the house flipping shows, I would probably be a skeptic as well.
0: Okay, so that's kind of where my brain is. I watch, you know, HGTV.
2: Yeah. I don't watch those shows. It's anymore. just hot girls.
0: It's just hot girls like
2: swinging hammers. Yeah, swinging like, hammers. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a joke. Okay. In fact, I've actually had several since I've been doing my podcast and and website. Several people have contacted me, and I've even had you know a guy recently, this agent who's like, I've got this great connection. You know, you're gonna pretend like I'm your agent. and We've known each other for years, and we're gonna. It's all fake. He's like, it's all gonna be uh, fake. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, I don't know about that. Anyway, um, so absolutely. I mean, I mean, can you make money in this business? Absolutely. Is it easy as they make it look on TV? Mm-hmm. No way. I well, mean, well, they make
0: it look stressful.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's drama. Yes. Yes. Yeah, drama. To, you know, on TV they make it look in a way it looks easier, in a way it looks harder. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean
0: because it gets done in a half hour, exactly. but there's also like 15 <laughs> minutes of them just crying.
2: You know, it's been so long since I've even watched those shows. Like I know. I, I, I need to get up to date because people keep talking to me about the flip or flop or yeah. the brothers and all this different stuff and I'm I don't even really know what they're talking about other than the commercials I see. But um so I mean absolutely can you create a house business? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean I've I flip around 100 houses a year. Um, 100 well, well, houses. Yeah, let, let let me be clear on that. I mean, okay. this year so far, I'm up to about fifty. But I feel like we have some good momentum going. Um, I had a goal of 150. I may not reach that goal. I'll probably surpass 100 though this year. Last year, I did 75. The year before that, I did 120. The year before that, I did 60. And then before that, I did a total of like 50 in or 40 or 50 in the past previous three and a half years. So mm-hmm. I've done over 350 um, flips total. Total. Okay. Total. Um, am I making like fifty thousand dollars a pop? No? Oh. Absolutely not. I mean, you guys are money matters guys. so you guys understand you know returns on capital and all that stuff, right? Um, I run it like a machine. My whole goal is I've got systems, I've got my contractors. I've got the funnel that brings the deals, and everything is analyzed on a return basis. So okay. my goal as we analyze these properties is to be able to get a forty to a forty-five percent annualized return on the total capital invested um, on each project, which means I'm shooting for, and, and that's total capital invested, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll go out and borrow money from private money lenders at twelve percent or hard money lenders at eighteen percent annualized return. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just, I, know, I know I'm just kind of getting into it here, guys. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> tell you're us. Like, Whoa, uh, hold on. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> well, I kind of want to. I know, I you know, I wanted to talk about. Well, no. Go ahead. Keep going, because I okay. W- I'll,
2: I'll, I'll say this just so so you kind of get how I run things. And my goal is not so that the one time return I'm trying to get is anywhere from 13 to 15 percent, and I try to turn the properties in three to four months, which gets me a 40 to 45 percent annualized return. And if I can borrow money at 12 percent, then I'm able to make you know um, what was it at like 28 percent on someone else's capital, 28 to 30 percent on someone else's money. And you guys tell me is that not a good Investment. That sounds great. Yeah, it's great. But but you're running a business, right? So it's sure. my time. So if I was only doing, a lot of these houses I'm buying are only like a hundred thousand dollar house. I mean, I don't care. I'll make like ten thousand dollars a house and and be happy because I don't go look. I have a machine, right? I have right. this business. I have a system. But if I was only flipping three houses a year, I mean, I'd be making like fifty thousand dollars, and it just wouldn't be that exciting, right. you know. So. So this
1: $10,000 um, $10, you're making like how much uh, in this fictitious home fictitious home how much would you wind up putting down on this home and how much uh yeah and it's all borrowed money though M- most but well, you need some principal though right
2: Well no I mean I mean, okay you're you're thinking of like conventional home buying right I don't use I I've never used a bank to flip a house um I do have some bank loans on some what I call long-term flips which are rental properties which I'll hold for a couple of years and then sell when I think the timing is right. Um, but this is all used with private money investors, hard money lenders. Um, are, are you familiar with hard money lenders? I'm used to talking to a real estate investment group, so it's uh, no kind of a different. Yeah, no, so, I, no. Okay, so private money lenders are um, you know individuals who like just dudes with money, dude, people with money. Absolutely. I mean, I've got people that you know just our friends of mine or go to my church or work with my dad who are some of my private money lenders and they lend me money and they get a 12% annualized return on the, the money they lend. So right. if they lend a hundred thousand dollars, they're getting a thousand dollars each month and they get a promissory note, which is kind of like our contract. And they get a deed of trust, which is recorded against the property. It's a lien against the property. So I cannot sell this property until they get paid off their, their principal. Got the it. Point. What
1: happens if it doesn't work out though?
2: Um, well, I don't I've i lost money on several houses for the record um, on like one out of every 15 houses or so. I'll, but the, I'll lose but the investor
1: money. doesn't lose any the money. The
2: investor is not affected by that. Now, someone's person, you know, I, I give them a guarantee on behalf of my business and a personal guarantee. And someone's guarantee is only as good as, you know, their their company or their, you know, whatever right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's why they have the house as a backup so they're able to look at two things they're able to look at me and my company and think do i trust this guy it's just like when you invest in the stock market right i mean if the company goes belly up you could lose that investment right i right. mean i'm not a big stock market guy you guys probably know mm-hmm. more about that so with with what i do they also have it collateralized they have a, a security it's secured against something so i i don't let my private money lenders lend me more than 75 percent of what the property is worth mm-hmm. um and so they have they have a little bit of a cushion there, but at the end of the day, whether I lose, win, or, or draw, they're getting paid. Um, now, let's say the black swan occurred. Which do you know what the black swan is? The movie. Basic- <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's say like something crazy happened, and um, you know the stock market crashes, and, uh-huh. or we have a nuclear attack, and like prices just plummet. Like, and all of a sudden, like. I go under I mean this crazy stuff would have to happen. We'd be in a world of hurt yeah. for from how well my business has done the last couple of years for me not to be able to pay somebody. they, they can then they can have that asset. They, it's like it's like a bank If you don't make payments to them, they can foreclose on you, they can take over the property. Right. so they have an extra um, a measure of security. In, but in they're not regard.
1: guaranteed this 12 percent return. like if, if something bad happens or you're not making money, they may just push.
2: They are, they are personally guaranteed, but legally, I can't guarantee anything. No, nothing's guaranteed except for death and taxes, right? So, yeah. Um, it's as guaranteeable as I'm able loans. to guarantee it. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I guarantee it, meaning if I lose money on a house, it doesn't matter. They, they're still getting paid because collectively, I'm making money. Collectively, my business has a net worth. Collectively, I'm, I'm able to pay them that, right. that you, money. Um, but if, if I don't follow through with my guarantee, their right of recourse is they can foreclose on the property, take over the property, and sue me because they have a promissory note, which, you know, if I'm out of money, they can't. Right. So anyway, we're getting pretty technical here. Well, but. yeah,
0: and I actually want to uh, digress and go back to how yeah, you let's first started <laughs> in this business, you know? I, I mean, I'm curious to see, like, do, like, obviously, you didn't go to school and think, and you go to your guidance counselor and you say, what do you want to do when you grow up, Justin? And you say, I yeah, want to flip no. houses for a living. No, no. How did you get into it?
2: So seven years ago, just over seven years ago, um, I went to my first real estate investing seminar. I'd always been interested in real estate investing. I had read you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh-huh. several years before. I read uh, Multiple Streams of Income by Robert Allen. Um, I had a satellite dispense at the time, but I just wanted to get into something different. So I always thought about the thing about you know getting out of the rat race, making having rental income properties that were producing an income, right? Got it. Uh, but then I went to this seminar. I'd never went to a seminar. I paid this guy like fifteen grand to be a part of his mentor program. It turned out the guy was more of a crook. You know, he hadn't invest. Mm-hmm. He hadn't invested in like I six years. I am shocked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? So, I mean, I actually won a car from this guy. You know, my wife and I, because we were the best students. Oh wow! Um, he never sent it. Right, (laughs) so I helped him sell more like fifteen thousand dollar programs at the seminar, and people are cheering for me. He's like, "I'll send you the car." He never sent the car, right? Okay, so that's just a backstory. But I I started out in what's called wholesaling. Okay, so I would market to and find motivated sellers. At this time, I was doing short sells. But the bottom line is, I would find people who wanted to sell their home, and I would put the property under contract, and then I would sell the rights to that contract to a rehabber. Who would then go and fix up the property and either flip it or they would keep it as a rental. So you would be a real estate agent? Nope, nope. It's called it's called wholesaling. And in in real estate investing, you can actually do what's called assign a contract. If you have a contract, if I have this piece of paper, yeah, and I have a contract with you, I can go and assign that contract to somebody else, and they follow the terms of the contract, and I can get paid a fee, whether that's five, ten thousand dollars, whatever. So when you hear people say you don't need money to invest in real estate, it's true to a degree. I mean, it takes work and effort to get that person. So maybe I need to market to them. So that's the money cost. Sure. Um, maybe if I'm driving around, knocking, you know, there's gas and time involved. Um, but you no, know, it is true that you can invest in real estate. Uh, without money. Money makes it a lot easier. But but that was the first so that was
0: the first thing you, you did. Yeah,
2: I did that for like three years. So I did wholesaling for like three years and then You're just uh, like a
0: paper pusher at that point, right? You're not are you but you're going out and you're finding these I would, guys... I
2: would go out, I would like knock on people's doors, uh-huh. I was sending out letters, putting up those bandit signs you see on the road that say we buy houses. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so oh. they're, so
0: they're wholesalers.
2: They well, or they could be rehabbers as well. Okay. Um,
0: I see them but, all, all over the place.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I would go out and I would meet, people would call, huh? and I would take the phone call and I would go out and meet with these people, check out their house, talk to them about their situation, and see if I could put their house under contract. Now, you might say, well, why would somebody you know flip a house? It it's, all has to do with motivation. Um, how quickly do they want to sell? When they sell to me, they don't pay commissions. Um, they don't have to fix up the house. It's very quick. I mean, I can close on a property in a matter of days, all cash. Um, it's uh-huh. just it's just really it makes their life easier and well, the seller the, I'm sure is happy right yeah i mean the seller is their, happy yeah exactly i mean sometimes people think that real estate investors are crooks yeah. and they're stealing houses it's really not the case um it, i mean it, it's just it just doesn't work like that i mean occasionally yes someone does get an extra good deal there are People who are crooked and might mislead or lie about things, yeah, it happens in any industry. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, you know, we're buying houses that are that they can't sell at retail value anyway because they need work. Right, they're short selling, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll say about 40% of the houses I buy come with uh, an occupant. And you know, i we've bought houses from people who are renting to like their brother or brother-in-law, and the guy won't pay his rent. Um, he's just a deadbeat. They don't even want him to know that he's selling it. They don't want to deal with it. They don't have to evict him. And we take care of that. And hmm. sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they just don't want to deal with the situation. We're used to evicting and doing cash for keys and getting people out of houses. So the bottom line is you're taking a problem. You can't go to an agent and say, hey, I want to sell this house. There's a tenant in there that doesn't pay their rent. The house is totally jacked up. Uh, can you sell it to me and get me retail value? And, and I want it in a week? No. <laughs> right. You, you can't do that. right?
1: So, so I'm th- curious, though, like this, this house that you're buying from them, say it's like 500,000 is worth, whatever. What would you wind up paying for it in order for this to work for both sides?
2: Okay. So once again, I'm always looking to get um, an annualized return on the total capital invested of about 40 to 45%. So if it's an easy flip that is just going to take me you know, less than a month to rehab, I can get that thing sold. Um, bottom line is I get it turned around in three to four months. Then I'm looking to make, let's say 15% on the total capital invested. So yeah if If I were buying a house that it cost me 180000 hundred and eighty thousand and it was twenty thousand dollars in repairs, that's about two hundred thousand dollars that needs to be invested into that property, whether that's my capital or the investor's capital it, it, to me it doesn't matter so i like a, i like to evaluate it this way right so um my goal would be without taking into consideration the capital would be to make um so fifteen percent on two hundred thousand dollars that would be thirty thousand dollars right mm-hmm. Now let's say I'm paying a private money lender. So I got thirty k the total profit, but I have to pay my private money lender. If he's making twelve percent on the capital and he has all of his money, you know, the two hundred thousand he put up all the money, then he would be getting um, how much is that each month? Like uh, two thousand dollars each month. He would get eight thousand of that thirty thousand. So I would walk away with twenty two thousand dollars. And he would walk away with $8,000. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you're giving up $8,000. No. I just made an insane yeah. return on his money. And since I have a machine, I didn't have to put a lot of time into that property. I didn't right. see these houses, to tell you the truth.
0: So, I mean, but to go back on when you, when you began, you were so you obviously made some money as a wholesaler, right? Yes. and then no, how not, did- not
2: nearly as much, though. Just not because of wholesaling. Because I wasn't doing as high a volume. Okay. I was only doing a few deals per year. And when
0: you bought your first house to flip, did you buy that with your own capital or did you...
2: No. I brought that with a, a private money lender's capital. Um, it was a money lender that I had worked with a little bit on some rental properties. Mm-hmm. He he works with my dad. He's still one of my best private money lenders right now. He has probably about $600,000 with us or something like that. Okay. Um but, yeah, I bought it with his money. I was actually kind of scared to death to tell you the truth,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's your first time, right?
2: It was it was my first time, um, and I his money, and i I you know, I cared about him and yeah. wanted you know wanted to make sure everything went right. But it was a pretty easy flip. I had one of my buddies who had done a lot of retail flips is what what I call them fixing flips, yeah, I know what you mean, come look at it like several times and and uh, yeah, it worked out. It wasn't I didn't make a killing on it, but yeah, I made about ten thousand dollars after paying him and just kept doing it
0: so uh what kind of work do you do any of the actual flipping, quote unquote? No. Like uh like I, the no contract I, work?
2: I don't know how to paint. I don't have to like carpet. I don't know how to like tile. Really? I am not a handyman no, I, even around my house, like I don't fix things. My <laughs> wife is more handier than I am. I I don't know any of that stuff. So
0: now do you have like a you said you now, like now you have a team and a company but when you first started, like how did you get all these guys? I mean, you had to get the well, when an I first started, right? I was
2: doing wholesaling. So when I use wholesale, you don't have to come up with financing, you don't have to rehab the property. Right. You're just um, you just hand it off to somebody else. Right. You're a
0: sales guy, I guess, essentially, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Pretty much Mark, sales marketing and, marketing, and yeah. sales okay. and negotiating. Yep. Those are the skills of a of a wholesaler. So um, when I did my yeah, first fix and flip, I was more hands on in regards to going and meeting with contractors and I had a lot of subcontractors. Um, mm-hmm. but I still I mean I, I wouldn't. So you weren't, you weren't
0: like a GC or anything?
2: No, no not a or not a
0: supervisor?
2: No. Well, I, mean, I would have to go and make sure they did the job right. Yeah, right. okay. Uh, there was one house that my brother and I, who my brother worked for me at the time, I remember us kind of going and just trying to clean it up a little mm-hmm. and do a little. It, it was a joke. Now, we only did that once. and Yeah, yeah did you? I mean,
0: how time. long did the first house take? Do you know, remember?
2: Well, it took me seven months until after I started trying to invest in real estate until I closed a deal. I mean, okay. I got... I was doing short sells as well, mm-hmm. which short sells take a long time. So I had a lot of deals that I was working on. In and, and real estate investing, they call them deals. When I say deal, it just means a property that I'm, you know, a house that I is potentially going to make me some money, right? Right. So I had a lot of houses that I was working on, a lot of transactions I was working on. It just took a long time to get those through um, through the pipeline. But no, I mean this business is not easy. Most people. You know, you've got a lot of guys out there that are they'll sell you like a program for like twenty five thousand, forty thousand dollars. Uh I mean you got like from like Donald Trump and all these all these big names that they you'll never even see these guys, right? They're just yeah. using their name to sell this information, which they then send you to some guy in a cubicle who might respond to a few emails and they charge you like forty grand. I mean, it's it's crazy. And it sounds like and, robbery. And, yeah, it is no, it is. It's okay. horrible. And and they'll sell you these really expensive programs. And with the hopes of dreams that you're going to become rich, I mean, it's it's not like that. I mean, I know a lot of investors who just make enough money to get by. I mean, yeah, can you make a good amount of money? Absolutely, you can. I mean, when I I started doing higher volume about three and a half years ago, and you know before that, I mean, I was just kind of getting by. It was cool though because I worked for myself and kind of had my own schedule. But it, it was hard work and it was stressful at times. Um, it Still is hard work, but I mean, fortunately, I have a system where I don't have to. I don't spend as much time on my house flipping business which is why I'm able to educate and, and whatnot. So Yeah, that ahead. was
0: that was yeah, that was a question I wanted to eventually get to but you just answered it. Is if you're flipping so many houses, how do you even have time to do a podcast or, you know, even you know, the website? I,
2: I probably spend about 5 hours a week on my house flipping business I, mean, I just That's crazy. For example, all I've done today so far. Let me look at my emails, see if I've done anything. I mean, there's an email from my mom who works for me. A couple emails I got, and I was at the gym. And don't get me wrong, like I work hard just because I'm. Yeah, I know. I'm not a workaholic. I just you guys do a podcast. You know, it's a lot of work, right? So education is a lot of work. Um, but I won't say this guy's names. But let's call him, you know, Bart, (laughs) just for fun. It's a funny name. (laughs) Bart sent us a property. She tried to call me. I was at the gym. I didn't answer it. Bart sent us a property. It's a good one. I'm going to let him know we are good, just a heads up. So I said, Awesome. I was just about to call you, but won't worry about it unless you need me. She says, I'm good for now. So that's my assistant, right? So she knows how to evaluate these properties. This property came from a wholesaler, which is what I used to be. Mm -hmm. So I now buy houses from wholesalers. Um, I've got an internal team who, or an internal guy, an acquisitions manager who he's, we're marketing for him. He's trying to buy houses for us. I've got, a realtor with whom, which I've purchased over 100 houses in the past two years. So to me, it's all about systems. I mean, I've got a lot of people out there working hard to find these houses. And I shouldn't even say find, because it's not like you go and look under a rock and there's the house. They're they're MLS. No, there's MLS is really hard right now. And we do some MLS properties. um, Why is that? um, It's just really competitive. Inventory on the MLS is really low. And there's there are a lot of investors out there. There's and people are just kind of willing to pay a premium. You've got a lot of people who are buying houses for rental properties. Used to have a bunch of hedge funds, hedge funds. Anyway, a bunch a bunch of big companies that were coming in and buying all these rental houses. Those guys have kind of died down. But you can get houses on the MLS, and we do get houses on the MLS. But we mainly get these houses from marketing, you know, direct mail and online marketing. And like I said, eh, we're not really doing the bandit signs a lot, but we buy from a lot of other wholesalers that market. Um, so what are these like? Are these just homeowners contacting you saying
0: like, I have a house. I haven't found a real estate agent yet. I just want to get rid of it. Yeah, really. Yeah. So,
2: so we try to focus on, you know, like like landlords that are out of state because if we mail to them, you know, they might be in a situation where their tenants not paying their rent. It's kind of like Domino's, right? I mean, you get you get the thing from Domino's in the mail. You may or may not want the pizza and you probably most of you just probably throw it away or put but it whatever, the There's going to be enough yeah. people to where it's worth it for them to send it to people, to where they get enough people calling and ordering pizza, right? Right. Um, So we do that. We do that with direct mail. We do that with postcards. And then we have, you know, an online presence um, as well. I was, about a year and a half ago, I was buying trustee sales, which are, uh, in some states it's called um, sheriff sales. But it's basically like a foreclosure auction, you know, when someone doesn't pay and and then you can go and you can bid and you pay cash and you buy these houses down at, you know, the courthouse, as as they say. Um and that's really tough as well, too.
0: So yeah, sure we've done all
2: kinds ahead. of things. We started with short sales, then we went to bank owned properties and online, and then I was buying from wholesalers, and now we're buying from wholesalers and internally got our own marketing machine going. So it's all about adjusting and moving with the cheese as as they say. And um Do you yeah. think this
1: is something someone can do if they have a full time job already?
2: I mean, oh, like yeah. they're they're talking about like starting out. Yeah, no, you definitely can, but Once again, it's not a get rich quick thing. You know, I do um, my fail fast flipping program, which is a 12 week, like intensive program. And we're in the thick of that program right now. And I tell you what, like, it is not easy. And I call it fail fast flipping because I want people to know, like, you will fail in this business. Like, you will. And it's not, I'm not saying fail, like, lose money. My goal is to teach them to take action um, and get bumps and bruises without going and putting down a couple hundred grand on a house that they Mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing and get in trouble. Right. But, um, it, it is not easy. I mean, most people, I've interviewed a lot of people and most people that end up being successful, it takes them a good six months to a year of working really hard before they're able to make any money and close on their first deal. Can you do it? Absolutely. But it's funny. People go to college for you know like 10 years and they're okay with not making money because it's not their expectation. But they get into something like real estate and all of a sudden, they, they want to make 100 grand like their first month and it's just not very realistic. What's
0: so. the uh, hardest part of the whole process and what's the most important part of the entire process?
2: I would say the answer to both of those questions is learning how to tie up properties, learning how to buy properties. You have to know how to analyze the property properly so that you know that you're making offers where you won't you know, lose money or your chances of losing money are minimal. So are you becoming um, your own adjuster at this point? Um, what do you mean by well, that? Well, like are,
0: are you becoming your own adjuster? Uh, you know, you a property surveyor, or how are you? What do they call the guys that go into the home and uh, yeah, they they find out how much it's worth? Oh, appraiser, appraiser—that's the word. Sorry, I'm, I fine. come from the restoration <laughs> background, so that's why I get the no, public no, that's adjusters.
2: Fine. Um, I think that me and my team are way better at analyzing properties than appraisers. Okay. Appraisers drive us crazy. But appra- that but might-
0: that's the that's the skill though, right?
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you have to be able to analyze. Pro- I mean, okay, so the appraisers decide what it's worth. So not only do you have to determine what it is worth, but you have to know the repairs. You have to know the closing and holding costs, and then you have to determine what kind of returns you're looking to get. You know, just like I said, I'm looking to make a 13 to 15 percent return on the total capital invested. There are other formulas you can use. I think they have this thing called the 70 percent rule where. You take the price the house will be worth after you've done fixing it up, which is called the ARV or after repaired value, and then you multiply it by seventy percent and then you subtract the cost of repairs. Now, why do you do that? Because the whole idea is, you know, ten percent goes towards closing costs, ten percent goes towards profit, um, and then ten percent goes towards financing or, or something there's like 30, that. Yeah, there's your thirty. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but but you, you can't really use that rule anymore to buy, in, except for in some areas, but definitely not in Southern California where I'm located. So it's been pushed up to like the 75 or the 80% rule, but then it gets really risky. And I feel like people who don't really understand where that money is going, you know, for example, sometimes we list the properties in-house. Sometimes I have an agent list it. Sometimes the whole time is going to be longer. If I have an occupant, I got to get rid of that occupant. If yeah. I'm involving the city, it's going to take me longer. So I like to analy- analyze my properties based on the total capital, the total return, for, for the year, and then I know where I can adjust based on the capital, the financing I'm getting. I mean, sometimes I'm paying an 18% annualized return. Sometimes I'm paying 12% annualized return. Um, so I, I can adjust it accordingly rather than just going off some, some rule that yeah. isn't that accurate.
0: I really so. thought the hardest and most important part would be selling the house when you're finished.
2: Oh, no. No? Simple. And do you no. get a
0: real estate agent to do that, or do you do, do it we, yourself? we do
2: either or? If the, if an agent brings me a property, I always let them relist it so they can have the commission, and it incentivizes them okay. to continue to bring us properties. We have a certain area where we do have a guy because I work all throughout Southern California, and I'm now in in Utah, and I just bought a house in New Mexico. Um, and you know I'll I'll buy houses in in just about any state as long as I get my team going in there. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean I don't like I said like I don't look at these houses. I don't look at my houses anymore. I've got my team. They know what to do. Um, they, they know what to do and better than I do, right? So, um, Interesting. yeah. So, um, But if you can buy houses for for a, a not just any house, but if you learn how to analyze, negotiate for, market for, um, and buy houses, you can make an incredible business in this. Uh, you can make an incredible um, living in this business. Doing, I know a lot of people yeah. who do nothing but wholesaling. I have a friend in Utah who wholesales you know like 100 houses a year and but, yeah but he has systems right so right. the guy's making a very good income without financing or rehabbing houses uh he just sells them to other rehabbers like myself so but if you can if you can get a good house the money will follow there so it's not
0: about just the opportunities there's not about just like buying a house flipping it and walking away because you just made a hundred thousand dollars on flip that's no. not what you're that's not what no. you're advocating that's not what you're saying that's no. not what people should no, no. think
2: i've only made i think i've only made six figures on like two houses i've done and i've done okay. and, and one of them was because it burnt down
0: <laughs> well so was it was insurance money
2: <laughs> yeah it ended up being by the time i got they they call it i've heard people refer to it as black gold but by the time <laughs> it was crazy i, I was freaking out okay. it was new year's day i was on vacation and the guy who just sold it to me, we closed on it the day before and he's like, dude, your house just burnt down. And I was like freaking out because I never had to yeah, make an insurance claim. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, does this insurance thing really work? Did we, we got insurance right? I like, called my assistant. Like I and mean, we always do, but I was just like, Yeah, how is this really gonna pan out? Yeah. You know, and it ended up being the best, most profit we ever made. Yeah, so. you probably got the money in ninety days, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good at rehabbing houses. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can just buy them, burn them down, and see what happens.
2: I also lost fifty thousand dollars on a house this year. Oh. So, I mean, it, it can it, it can go it can go both ways. However, if I were a newer investor, I would not have bought that house. I was I'm willing to take a little more risk sometimes. Um, if I think there's potential there, I'll kind of pull the trigger. And that was just a really bad. Well, I learned from it. I'll never make that mistake again. I hope.
0: <laughs> do you do uh staging, or do you have somebody else do that?
2: Oh yeah I mean I mean it's part of the if we do it, I don't do it. I don't go to the houses so well, I'm saying like I- did your company do the staging <laughs> no yeah we'll we'll have someone else do that. That's uh- kind of an outsource thing we we've done it in the past a little bit. We used to have some knickknacks that my assistant would go around and put up, or even years ago, my wife would put up um but on houses that are like over five hundred thousand, we'll do staging ones that are under we we don't typically it depends on the area. But we typically don't don't need to. Hmm. So, interesting, Andrew. You got anything else?
1: Yeah. So, um, you're so say I'm getting started flipping, yeah. and uh, I'm I, I do I'm like a contractor, so I could just you know build things, kitchen, bathroom, whatever. You do the work. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the work. You know, I have someone who will finance for me. Um, so you're saying this is gonna take roughly uh you know four months. Do you think that it would be profitable for me? In that I'm literally there every day fixing it up, you know. Maybe I'm part of the process of of selling and stuff, but the amount of time and effort I have to put in. Do you think that would make sense?
2: Being like a real do-it-yourselfer, I guess. Yeah, contractors are usually the worst flippers.
1: So why do you say?
2: Well, part of it's probably because if they're not, unless they're like more business-minded, but a lot of contractors aren't business-minded. And really, the the rehab is easy. The rehab is easy. The selling is easy. It's it's being able to. So you're understand. saying contracting
1: that out and like that's like almost like a nominal cost for your business.
2: Yeah, it's it's just a waste of your time, really. So um, like
1: so that or or even like you said the staging, like of the profit, like how much, like what percent do you think goes to something like that?
2: Um, uh, you know. I, I just think it's a waste of time, really. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's
1: also so very small.
2: Yeah, it takes so much time. Um, to me, okay, people who try to get hands-on who aren't contractors, they're going to take way longer. Yep. It's going to cost them way more in holding costs. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. And in the end, it's they're going to end up losing more money than they would have made otherwise. And if you are a contractor and you think, hey, I can just go see a house. I can go grab it, fix it up. It doesn't work like that. I mean these houses like you got to know the person who's selling the house you got to be able to know where you need to come in at you need to understand all the costs involved the time it takes the financing it's much more of you need an education you need to understand how to type these properties it's not just a matter of someone's in this this market no one's going to just say hey do you want to fix up my house and you can make all this money on it i mean it's just well, it's it's more a business. I mean, you got it's a business you're running.
0: So that's I, I guess it's, I'm going to answer this question for you. But uh, what t- what kind of person do you think you need to be? Like, who's the best person suited for this kind of work?
2: Well, okay, a contractor can do it, uh-huh. but not because they're a contractor. And sometimes they get too involved. Maybe right? it's because
0: they can appraise a house well because they know where the problems are. A, con-
2: a contractor can not appraise a no? house. Okay, totally, totally different. I okay. mean, don't get me wrong. People get involved because. Maybe they were a contractor, but then they have to learn the business side. You have to be entrepreneurial. You have to have a business owner mindset, right? Mm. So can that be developed? Absolutely. It definitely can. Um, I'm just saying your typical contractor is, is not going to go out there and create this incredible house flipping business because they're a contractor. What about a real um, estate agent? Uh, it's possible, okay. um, but not just because you're a real estate agent. Most okay. real estate agents don't know how to analyze properties um, from an investor standpoint.
0: So you need to be, you need to have an entrepreneurial wit about you.
2: Yeah, either you need to, or you need to have that mindset, or understand that that's involved. It's not, and you need to get the education. um, But don't go pay someone twenty five or forty thousand dollars. Be very careful this this business because there is an incredible opportunity for making a big profit. There are a lot of people out there that will take advantage. Take advantage of yeah,
0: and you and but you do offer training in this.
2: Yeah, I do, and you know. My purpose wasn't to come on here and like and like pitch my program, but sure. they they can go to fellfastflipping.com I mean, I have house flipping HQ. Then go check out the podcast and stuff. All that stuff is for free. I have mm-hmm. a free download on there. Perfect. um dot I mean, I'm offering the program for about a thousand bucks. It's a twelve week program, and then you have you know a lifetime membership in the mastermind group. Um, it, it's insane what I'm giving out, and I'm is it all online? It, 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 it all the videos are on demand. Oh, cool. Um, yeah so it's all online we have a membership site and we have a forum group which i'm in there every day for about an hour answering questions i kind i enjoy it um or i wouldn't do it uh because i don't i don't have to do it but it's fun and, and part i build a lot of relationships and i'm able to meet other wholesalers which i can work with and stuff like that and that's what what makes it worth it to me so
1: i, I have one last question absolutely um because I didn't, I didn't realize we spun into like the whole closing sequence. But uh, I, I, you had mentioned um, holding costs, and if you could just kind of explain that, and just if say you had the house and the contractors were working on it, and it just it went long for thirty days, like how that affects the whole. Because okay. I, I feel like, um, th- I feel like there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong in the like the cogs in the you know machine.
2: Yeah. So you've got, um, well, these are the expenses. You have your purchase price, your repairs, then you have your closing costs when you buy the property, then you have your holding costs, and then you have your closing costs when you go to sell the property, okay? And basically on the housewarming shows, they talk about the purchase price, the repairs, and the sales price, and they leave out you know the holding cost and the closing costs, and that can be a huge amount. Mm-hmm. So reg- just regarding holding costs, though, it, holding costs vary um, based mm-hmm. on what kind of financing you're getting, but... These are the holding costs you have to take into consideration. You have um, in, insurance, monthly insurance, then you have utilities, and based on where you're located, you know if I buy a house in Palm Springs, a bigger home, it can cost me like five hundred dollars a month for utilities because of how hot it gets there. So on average, utilities are close to about fifty, but you got to take that into account. You have potential maintenance if you have a lawn that needs to be maintained. Um, and let's see I, I said tax insurance, maintenance. Uh, And then if there's like an HOA or something like that. So those are the basic holding costs. And then you add on top of that whatever kind of financing you're getting. So if I'm paying someone 12% uh, monthly, so I pay the two points up front, which is you know 2% of the total price I'm getting. And if I'm paying 12% annualized return, which is 1% um, of the money I borrowed each month, right? Because 12% divided divided by 12 Mm. months. So that can really add up if you if you think you're going to turn the property in three months and ends up taking you like nine you you just cost yourself an extra six percent so if you were going to make um you know eight percent on that house and you may lost another six and you're down to two, and hopefully you didn't have a bunch of repairs you didn't plan on Mm -hmm. and, and everything so that's when it can get can get bad
1: I didn't even think of things like, yeah. So like you would literally have someone come and do the lawn or take care of the yeah, plants. Or like a that's pool, a pool,
2: if you have pool maintenance. It just depends on the house. I mean, some houses we get and we need to do all of the, uh, we need to redo all the landscaping. But sometimes we'll buy a house and the yard's pretty good. We just want to maintain that for, for the couple months that we have it right. um, until we get it sold. So
1: Wow. I, I think that was hugely eye-opening. <laughs> and I, I was ready to like jump down your throat on how it's such a scam, but I, I actually have a pretty it can I have a much scam. better understanding.
2: It it can be a scam if you are going and spending forty grand on someone who's just an information marketer and doesn't really do the business, and then they put you in a room where they do nothing but upsell you. You know, you yeah. go to the seminar and you get upsold like six times. I've I've seen it done time and time again. It makes me sick. I think that's another big reason why I'm doing this because I, I just don't... I it can't happened stand to it. you, so... Yeah, and I don't want to... Say, it's happened to me twice. <laughs> you think <laughs> I would have learned. I spent 40 grand my first two years and that was when the programs were cheaper. Now they're like $25,000 to $40,000. Oh, and wow. I don't want this to sound like I'm the good Samaritan and coming to save the day, you know, but, you know, you see a problem as an entrepreneur and you try to solve it and yeah. I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm working on is finding that right balance of me being able to run a business... Um, but do something honest. I mean, I I can't go to bed at night feeling like I'm ripping people off. So no, it's right. hard for me to even take the minimal amount. But I know I need to do it because they need to invest something in themselves um, if they're really going to be serious about this. And I'm and it's your business, time. So. Your time is yeah, not it's, free. It's, it's no my matter how we, yeah, I have expenses. I've got employees and via- so anyway. But not that I feel like I need to rationalize it either. But you know,
0: yeah. So understandable. Well, cool. Uh, Justin, thank you so much. That was fun. No, see, this is, I mean, uh, we've gotten questions about it. Like I said, my parents are in the process of maybe doing something like this, and I was skeptical, but you have
2: certainly put me at ease. You know, something that's huge, though, for people who aren't going to get into this business is consider being, consider private money lending. I mean, be very careful. Mm -hmm. Make sure you know who you're working with. But, I mean, to be able to get a 12% fixed return against a secured Invest. I mean, that's just that's just phenomenal. I mean, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. If you can find. I mean, where do you find people like that?
2: uh, I mean, I'm one. I I borrow money from people all the time, and this is not a public offering. I I have to be careful about whatever. But um, (laughs) if they go to like, there's local investment clubs. They just need to connect with you know real estate investment clubs. I can search online, connect with people, connect with the right people, make sure they have a lot of experience. Ask them what your loan to value is. You know, kind of, you know, at the beginning, especially check out the property, check out references, make sure they know their stuff, um, make sure the deed of trust is recorded against the property. For the most part, you want to make sure you have a first deed of trust. Um, you know, you can call a title company just to confirm all that. I know of, you know, people have given people third and fourth deeds of trust on properties when, when they told them there first. So there's a, definitely you want to get educated, but. Um, you know, I've got a guy who's working with me and I'm kind of part of his retirement plan. He's going to be able to retire next year because he's getting this Sweet. fixed 12% return on, on his money and yeah. it's, it's working really great for him. So.
0: so, uh, just real quick, uh, plug again, uh, your sites and, and uh, your, okay. your education. So you got
2: househoppinghq.com, That is my website. We mm-hmm. do some blogging on there and it has all our podcasting. Of course, go to, um, iTunes to watch, to listen to the podcast as well. Um, I just interview other house flippers that are expert in their area, as well as some of my team, and we just we just talk shop, you know, talk the real deal. You're kind of like a fly on the wall, and I try to gear it towards so people can learn and, and understand it as well. Um, and then you have failfastflipping.com, which is my program. And yeah, originally that was going to be like a five week program, um, but I realized people need more; they need more information. I've turned it into a twelve week program. Every day is about an hour worth of content. It's all on demand, so if people can't watch it right away, that's fine. It's never going anywhere. They have full lifetime access to the membership site and the forum group. Cool. Um, which there's a ton of incredible investors in there that answer questions on a daily basis. So Excellent. Good stuff.
0: Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. Seriously. All right. Yeah, thank I really you guys appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's, it's good so, getting to know you. We'll- yeah, absolutely. And uh, guys, if you have questions that you'd like us to answer, you know what to email us. That's listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And of course, if you like this show... And you should check out Justin's show, House Flipping HQ, for sure. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes uh, or Stitcher or wherever you listen that accepts reviews. And uh, I'm going to read a quick review here from... Uh, in, nope, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> but, you know, people have such weird names on, on <laughs> iTunes. Like, there is such weird usernames. I know mine's Nobskies, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty strange. Anyway, uh, Infirmir919... Okay, Money Fears Be Gone, five stars from the United States. Started listening to these guys about a week ago. I'm 10 podcasts in from the beginning and looking forward to the rest. The premise is ideal, making understanding money and building wealth less scary and more relevant to the late 20s, early 30s somethings trying to enhance their lives. Matt and Andrew are funny, down to earth, and realistic. Their specific examples are very specific recommendations and grasping a financial hold Much more tangible than the vague recommendations that are often offered on other financial advice mediums. Very well said. Thank you so much. I'm not going to try to pronounce it again, but thank you for that uh, review. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And last but not least, if you guys want to learn more about personal finance, money management, all that kind of stuff, we are always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes of this very show at listenmoneymatters.com. So that's it. Justin, thanks again for being on the show.
2: Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun.
0: All right, and uh, we look forward to the next episode. So later, guys.
2: Later, man. See you later.